on today's episode of the Digging In Podcast. Dig in with us as we talk about the story of Joshua and why it's important to us today. Yo, 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 what is up, Digging In family? Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Digging In podcast. If you guys have been joining us, then you are on episode number 15. So nice work. Congratulations on making it this far and for working through the first five books of the Bible. I know we talked about a whole bunch of characters and a whole bunch of stories and a whole bunch of lessons during that entire time, but you guys crushed it. So nice job continuing your daily devotional and nice job pushing yourself to dig into scripture and learn more about what it says and why it's important even today. If there's one thing that I know to be true is that there's this one staple. I have a lot of ideas and staples about important things when we are reading the Bible, but one of the most important things to remember when you are reading the Bible is that the Bible was not written to you, but it was written for you. What I mean by that is that you were not the original audience of these texts. When Moses was writing those first five books of the Bible, there's a really good chance that he wasn't thinking about me, Finn, all the way in the year 2021 and like, oh, Finn's really going to love this book one day. No, he was thinking about his people down on the mountain below him who needed to know the word of God so they would be faithful followers. And so it wasn't written to me. I wasn't the intended original audience, but it is written for me to use the lessons and use the stories to better my faith, strengthen my faith and my daily walk with God. And we do that by learning more about him. And as we learn more about him, we fall deeper in love with him. And guys, that is the story today. That is the story of Joshua. So welcome. Go ahead and grab your materials, your Bible, your pen, and some paper. I'm going to open us up in some prayer, and we're going to jump in to the sixth book of the Bible with the story of Joshua. Father God, thank you so much for helping us to take some time out of our day to stay focused on you. God, in an ever-changing world, in a world that has so many distractions, so many things that our eyes can get caught up on, so many things that our brain and our hearts can get caught up on, thank you so much for the way that you draw us closer to you. God, let us realize that you are by far the most wonderful, most amazing thing in the entire universe, and you deserve in at least 20 minutes of our day, but specifically, probably the entirety of our entire lives. So God, thank you for giving us this time. Thank you for letting us focus on you. As we dig into scripture, God, reveal to us what it is that you want us to learn about who you are and why we should fall deeper in love with you. Thank you so much, God. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Awesome, guys. Here we go. The story of Joshua, perhaps one of the coolest characters in the entire Bible for a variety of reasons. Spoiler alert, we have no idea whether or not Joshua sinned uh, in terms of like, we don't know if there's a really specific sin that he did like we do in other characters all throughout the Bible. But Joshua is as close to perfect as we're going to see. We can only assume that since he was completely human, that he definitely sinned and he definitely fell short. But 
That's not the focus that the author is putting on the story of Joshua. Rather, what we are going to see is a huge and amazing story of completion and redemption and victory through the story of Joshua. So all of those potentially negative and crazy, weird stories from uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy kind of seem to fade away. They're, They're a distant memory to us as we look at one of the most positive stories in the whole Bible. So the story of Joshua actually starts uh, much earlier than all of this. So the first thing I want you guys to read is actually go ahead and read Deuteronomy 31, 14 through 29. This is the God-given call that Joshua has that he's going to lead. And this is just going to give a good picture of the leader that Joshua is going to be as he now is in charge of leading Israel through the next stage of life. Once you guys have read that, I want you to jump back to Numbers 13. Uh, as you have a chance to read about this story of Moses and him sending spies into what will be the promised land and, and the weird reports that end up coming back from those spies about that land. However, something different happens with the story of Joshua in that moment because that's where he's one of the moments he's introduced. Uh, and then I want you to take that story immediately after you read that and jump to Joshua 1 and read that and then move right into Joshua 2. The main reason I want you to do that is because you're going to get a good sense of the kind of leader that Joshua will be, but you'll also get a parallel story with Numbers 13 and Joshua 2, whereas now Joshua is the one sending spies. Really cool. And then I want you to jump into Exodus 14 and watch as Moses leads all of Israel across the Red Sea in that moment of the Exodus. And then this is crazy, guys. Read Joshua 3 to read another parallel story as Joshua leads all of Israel, not across the Red Sea, but across the Jordan River as they are going into another form of Exodus and they enter into the promised land that was promised to them all the way back in Genesis 12 and 15. Then I want you to read Joshua 6 and Joshua 24 and then focus really heavy on Joshua 24, 14 through 28. So I know that's a lot to read, guys, um, but if you are keeping along with us and if you are truly digging into scripture with us, then I expect you to be reading these texts. So you've got, first and foremost, Deuteronomy 31. You're gonna follow that up with a parallel story in Numbers 13 and Joshua 2. And then you're going to read another parallel story in Exodus 14 and Joshua 3. And then you're going to jump into Joshua 6, very important story. And then you're going to read Joshua 24 and then focus really heavy on verses 14 through 28. So go ahead and read those and then join us back. Awesome. I uh, really hope you guys enjoyed the story of Joshua. Uh, I mean, the guy is just epic. And so in order to really start talking about him, I want to jump back just for a quick minute and remind you guys of the Abrahamic covenant. That is the covenant that was God choosing a human being, a sinful human being, choosing him and saying, I'm going to make you the origins of my future family, the one that I choose. I'm choosing your family. And what I'm going to do for your family is I'm going to do three things. I'm going to, one, make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, the grains of sand on a beach. And we find out in Exodus that that is complete. And then I'm going to restore my relationship between myself, God, and mankind, the sinful mankind, 
And as we read through Leviticus and Numbers, God does that. And then we get to the third and final one, which is, and then one day, I'm going to restore you to a promised land. I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey, a beautiful and fertile land where you can settle down with your people and worship me forever. God says he's going to do that, and we haven't seen it. The book of Deuteronomy closes, and they're right on the doorstep. And then God calls Joshua in Deuteronomy 31 to take over after Moses dies and become the new leader of Israel and to lead them into the promised land. So Joshua has a lot of things kind of set before him. He's got a big future really planned out. And so we're going to continue to dive in and figure out what it is that we can really learn from Joshua as he leads a nation into the completion of a promise set first by God. So the main thing I want you guys to focus on right here, right after that is that before we even get to the beautiful promise of Joshua actually leading his people, leading all of Israel into the promised land, that there's one thing that happens first. God himself speaks to Joshua. God speaks to Joshua. So huge moment. In every, in every respect, that God is speaking to Joshua. And what does he say to Joshua? Well, read with me verses 7 through 9. You're going you're gonna to know Joshua 1, 9. If you spent any time around the Bible, um, you're going to know the verse 9. But the two before that are crucial into understanding who Joshua is. So read with me Joshua 1, 7 through 9. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success." Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Beautiful. Is it not? Beautiful. But God is setting the tone for Joshua, saying this, I want you to be strong and courageous, right? In verse 7 and verse 9, the, the two pieces of a, of a sandwich, right? You got your two bread loaves on the outside and they both say, be strong and courageous because God is with you. But then the meat, the stuff that really gives you the flavor and the intensity of that sandwich is that God expects Joshua to be a faithful reader of his word, to be one who follows the word, who follows the law, who understands that it should never leave his mouth, that the first and foremost thing that Joshua should be focusing on is the word of God. And that by focusing on meditating, really spending time whether that be meditation on like memorizing scripture or on just knowing scripture and knowing the story of his uh, ancestors, whatever it is, God expects Joshua to lead through knowing scripture. That by knowing scripture, Joshua can know God and that by knowing God, he can truly be strong and courageous. He's not strong and courageous because in and of himself, he's not saying, Joshua, I want you to reach inside of yourself and find this, you know, this strength and courage that's somehow deep within you. No, he's saying that the only way for you to be strong and courageous is to know my word, is to spend time focusing on and meditating day and night, speaking my word all the time. 
That is how you'll be courageous because you'll know me by what has been written about me and by what I've done for you and all your people. That's how you'll know me. And that by knowing me, you will be strong and courageous because you can trust in me. You can have faith in me. You can rely on me. I am the God who keeps his promises. And I'm telling you that as I lead you and Israel all the way to the promised land, I've been keeping my promise the whole way. So that is the scene. That's how we open up the book of Joshua. That So I just want to pause and say, this is the lesson. Guys, we'll, we'll get there in a minute, but this is the lesson today. To be faithful and trusting and honest and loving with God is to know him and love him. But to do that is to read the scriptures, is to learn about him through his word. And he says the word meditate on it. And he says, not just meditate on it from time to time, he says day and night. Guys, it's like reading about anything. It's like learning about anything. The only way oftentimes that we can learn about stuff is by having someone tell us about the thing we're learning about or reading about it ourselves. Think about anything, right? We imagine that somehow because all of a sudden, because we're a Christian, we're just supposed to know everything about God. No, that's not it. Guys, God has always been and will always be. He's always existed and he's always going to exist. So he has a past. He has a story behind what we know him by now. And it's our job to read scripture day and night to really learn about him. And because as we learn, we'll fall deeper in love with him because we'll realize how loving and caring and compassionate he's always been. That it's humans who have screwed up and it's humans who have deserved nothing but destruction and his wrath. But instead, he constantly gives grace and mercy to us. I mean, he should have destroyed us a million times. The flood back in Genesis 6 should have happened like nine jillion times in between Noah and Joshua. Just in all the wicked, terrible things that happen. And yet God lovingly shows us grace and mercy. And he says, all I want you to do is to read about that grace and mercy so that you can know that I'm gracious and I'm merciful and I'm loving, I'm compassionate, right? This goes back to Exodus 34, six through seven. If you can just just pause this right now and read Exodus 34, six through seven as God describes himself to us. I mean, Guys, look at this story. It's beautiful. And so God sets up Joseph, sorry, Joshua. If I've said Joseph, I'm sorry. I've met Joshua the whole time. God sets up Joshua in this exact moment in time to be a faithful leader that in order to lead successfully and to lead well, he has to be a man who reads scripture. Amazing. And then we run into this moment for the next three chapters, essentially, where we get these crazy parallel stories. These parallel stories are a number of different things that Joshua shares in common with Moses. And the point of these stories is not to show, you know, that there's just a little similarity here and there. It's the idea that Moses was one way. He was a great and important prophet. If you look at the end of Deuteronomy, it says there's been no other prophet like Moses ever since. However, what we see here with the story of Joshua is that he is actually the better Moses. Because when Deuteronomy is going on, we see an unfaithful Moses, a Moses who got angry and wasn't allowed to enter the promised land. But then we see a faithful Joshua right at the opening 
of his book. And so we get a parallel story right in the beginning of a faithful Joshua versus an unfaithful Moses. And that the faithful Joshua gets to experience the fullness of the blessings of God while Moses can't enter into the promised land as a consequence for his lack of faith. Then we move into Joshua chapter 2, which is a parallel story from Numbers 13, where we see this story of these 12 great spies who enter into what is going to become the promised land to look at the land and see what it has and then also bring back what they saw. And this is the parallel from Numbers 13 where Moses had 12 spies go out and 10 of them came back with horrible reports and they were all lies because Joshua and Caleb came back with the only positive reports, the only true reports, but the other 10 were not. And so this spoke to Moses's leading ability that although he was a great leader, in fact, one of the greatest of all time, he still wasn't quite the leader that Joshua is now. And then in Joshua 3, we get the final major parallel story between Joshua and Moses, because we see Joshua leading all of Israel across a body of water. All of your Exodus bells should be ringing right now, because Moses, right there at the very beginning of the Exodus, right after God's amazing miracles through the plagues, and and then Pharaoh chasing them into the desert, God opens up the Red Sea, parts it, And the Israelites walk on dry land across it and into safety, out of slavery and into safety. And then right here in Joshua 3, we read that God does the same thing. He he opens up the Jordan River and they walk on dry land to enter not just safety, but the promised land. The best thing, the thing they've been hoping for this whole time. And Joshua is the better Moses as he leads them through all of it. So this is a a progression of a person, of a human being, a progression of them as they are immensely faithful and immensely in love with God as he perfectly leads just as God wants him to lead. And now everyone who is underneath the powerful leading wings of Joshua, gets to experience the full immensity of the blessings of God. In Joshua 6, we get this beautiful story of the fall of Jericho. And this story is super famous. If you haven't had a chance to read it, it's a really wild story. Go read it. Joshua 6 is so cool because it shows the faithfulness of Israel. That Israel has been so unfaithful up to so many points, but that under Joshua's faithful leadership and his constant quoting of scripture, his constant leading of his people in the word, we see Israel be faithful to a ridiculous thing that you're going to walk around this town for seven days. You're just going to walk in circles around it. You're going to be singing praise songs. And then all of a sudden you're going to blow trumpets and then the walls are going to fall down. Just do it. Just do as I say, and it'll be great. And they do. They do it. They're faithful to what God says and to how Joshua leads them and the walls fall. Guys, all through Joshua's leadership, as we move forward through that story, all we see is Joshua be consistently faithful to God. And then through that, because he is so faithful to God, he's able to faithfully and lovingly, compassionately, caringly walk through life. That it is by his knowledge of the scripture, by his continual searching of the scriptures to search for who God is in his life, he is able to walk in a different way. It is by the continual looking at scripture and knowing God that he's able to faithfully walk and faithfully lead. Guys, that's the lesson today. 
Joshua's story is so much bigger than even what I'm presenting to you. Because again, he, he leads them into the promised land and they win a bunch of military victories. But it's all because of his faith. If you turn over with me to Joshua 24 and you read verses 14 through 31, what you're going to read is the story of a man who no matter what happens on earth says something like this right there at the end. He says in verses 14 through 15, you guys do whatever you want basically, but for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't care what goes on in the world. You guys do whatever you want, but I'm going to faithfully serve God. And not only am I going to faithfully serve God, everything that I do that comes out of me, my leading, my words, everything is going to come through the filter of loving and serving God. Guys, the story of Joshua is the story of a a guy who is just one of the members of the tribe who rose up because of his faith. God pointed him out because of his faithfulness to him and said, you will lead. And not only will you lead, you will be amazingly successful because all you know is me. Guys, blessed is the one who meditates on the word of God day and night. I challenge you, I implore you today to make sure that you are serious about reading the Bible, not because it's some sort of law or command that you must do, but because God himself even says, when you read my word, you learn about me. And as you learn about me, you'll see how much I love you. And by seeing how much I love you, you'll fall deeper in love with me. And once you do that, guys, once you do that, you will look at the world different. You'll look at yourself different. You'll look at your communities different because you'll have the perspective of God's eyes and not your own. God's life living in you, Christ in you, the Holy Spirit in you, and not just your own self. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Digging In Podcast Lessons From series. We're going to continue moving along as we pass over the story of Joshua and move into perhaps the most violent and most ridiculous, the bloodiest and most insane book in the entire Bible, the book of Judges, as we talk about a whole series of weird people. And we start the story with the story of Deborah.